Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Great guests coming up in the next 20 minutes. I'll have Lewis Riddick live here in just a second. And then the great Joe Montana, one of the greatest players in the history of pro football, will join me live in about 10 minutes. All my guests on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. In fact, I'm told Lewis is ready to go right now. I'm doing the math in my head. Lewis, you must have played against Montana, right? As a matter of fact, when I was drafted in San Francisco as a rookie in 1991, he was still there. So it was him and Steve Young and Steve Bono and Jerry Rice and John Taylor and Brent Jones. And yeah, it was like, I mean, I was out, Jerry, I mean, I was just out there with my eyes about as big as saucers, man. Joe's the best. No cool. No question about it. He's going to be live in about 10 minutes. But, but, but did you play against him? What You, you subsequently went yeah. or they played? Did, what was it yeah. like? I'm just yeah. curious. Like, what was it like? Someday we'll be asking people, what was it like playing against Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, what, what was it like playing yeah. against Joe Montana? Well, I think with, with Joe's physical ability didn't blow you away. Joe's command of everything, every situation, and his ability to just basically execute in every situation was what, blew you away about him. He was just, he was just methodical. He was Joe cool. He was a winner. You knew that he was on top of everything. As far as the game is concerned, it wasn't one of these things where like with, with Patrick that you, you knew he could run around for four seconds and then throw sidearm, a 50 yard bomb over your head. It was that he had, he knows that he has everything at his disposal in his toolkit to just dice you up because he always had good players around him. And he was a guy who was always in total command. So those are, those, those are people you respect in a different way. You respect them because the, you know that their process, Greeny, is airtight from A to Z, and you better not mess up or he will exploit you. Okay, fair enough. And, and so someone else who I know you would describe that way, although in an entirely different uh, department, would be Bill Belichick. And that's where I mm-hmm. want to begin the conversation. The, the Patriots pl- face a really big game on Sunday, at least for the purposes of this week. Look, Belichick's... His legacy is complete. I mean, he's, he's nothing that happens from this point forward is going to diminish how great a coach he has been. But looking at the Patriots of this year, they're two and four. And if they lose to Buffalo, they're going to be three and a half games out of the division, you know, around the time we get to Halloween. So that's big trouble. So you were starting to make a point this morning, and I'd love you to expand on it here of what you would imagine this week has been like in Foxborough for Mm. those players and those coaches as they Mm. prepare for this game. Look, some coaches, some people, okay, in general, this is almost this, this is bigger than just football. Some people talk about accountability, Greeny. Some people talk about applying pressure when you're in a management position to the people who you're managing in order to get the best out of them. Some people talk about responding to that pressure and want to holding yourself, hold yourself to a high standard. Some people talk about all that stuff. Some people actually execute it. Bill's an executor, okay, as far as applying the pressure demanding you get the performance that he demands, demanding that you deliver the performance that he's asking of you and subsequently getting the results that everyone is after in the NFL, which is namely wins. He lives and breathes that and has ever since he's been in the NFL going all the way back to his days at at the Giants and then on the Cleveland and on the New England with that brief stop over at the Jets. He under, he does that. So in that vein, the fact that they are not winning right now, the fact that they have had practice time taken away from them, is I, I, I promise you it's making him probably 
about as miserable as he could possibly be. Now, I don't know if he's actually acting that way towards his players, and I wouldn't venture to say that you know he is or that he definitely isn't, but I promise you it's eaten him alive. And at some point in time, the players are getting a little taste of why this guy, as a head coach, has been to nine Super Bowls. Because he, he just demands it. I, I really don't have any other way of putting it other than to tell you this, okay? I knew every day that I walked into the facility in Cleveland, in Berea, Ohio. I knew that from the time I got out of my car, walked down that, the pathway that went, you know, the covered pathway that went into the building, when I stepped in there, it was going to be eight hours of pretty much having my mind nowhere else but what he was asking me to do. Because if you slipped up, I saw too many guys get sent down the road. I saw too many guys get put, put, put on the bench. I saw too many guys, you know, hear those biting words that he can deliver to you when you don't play the game the way he's telling you to play it from an execution standpoint. And that starts with, like, your mental preparation and being able to be on top of the things mentally that, you are at, that he asks you to do. And the only way that you, you can do those things for him is if you actually have time to practice them. And that is what is hurting the Patriots right now. They don't have time to practice because he does. He asks his players so much mentally from week to week in terms of, and we've all heard people talk about this. Bill will put in an entire, entirely new game plan and ask you to do things from week to week that maybe you didn't do the week before. And in order to do that, you have to have practice time. In order to do that, you have to hold yourself to a real high standard as far as preparation. You need the time to practice it. And that's what's hurting the Patriots now. Because what, all the things that have allowed them to be as great as they are, what, the number one thing that they need in order to be that great is practice time, and it's been taken away from them, and that's why you're seeing them struggle on the field. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. And, and again, they get a full week of practice this week. I, I'm just telling you I think they're going to beat Buffalo on Sunday. I, I, everyone tells me yeah. I'm crazy, and that's just what I think. I'm just not ruling him out until I have to. Lewis Riddick is with me here with his Breaking Moves. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. But I love that you guys are doing the Monday night games now, and I love talking to you on Thursdays about your upcoming game because I know you've been looking through the tape. And so I want to ask mm-hmm. you one thing on each of the teams. Let's start with Tampa. Um, the game you have Monday night will be the last game they play before they get Antonio Brown. So I ask you, what are you seeing on the tape in that offense right now? And then what do you think Antonio Brown becomes in it when he's eligible starting next week? I see on tape offensively a team that can really strike you down the field with explosive plays at the drop of a hat. And it's, and it's just about anybody who can do that, okay? Yeah, Mike Evans can do it. Yeah, Chris Godwin can do it, although he's going to be hurt. But Scotty Miller, number 10, wide receiver from Bowling Green, he can rip you through. He's the fastest guy that they have on the perimeter, and he's making big plays all over the place. One of the scariest things is that Gronk has come alive now. He's in good shape. Now you're seeing him make those explosive middle-of-the-field play, middle plays that he made during his, his entire career in New England. And the only reason why you can push the ball down the field like that is because your offensive line is playing well, and this offensive line is doing just that. They are very strong in the interior. They have one of the best guards in the NFL, and their left guard, number 74, Ali Marpet, who is just a man, a monster. And there, Ryan Jensen, the center, is very good as well. Tristan Wirth, the rookie at right tackle, is playing real well, and they were hoping he would do that. They got two hammers at running back. Ronald Jones looks totally different now than he did just a year ago. Leonard Fournette is a change of pace guy who's also a guy who's a thousand yard rusher and one of the most 
you know, violent runners that there is in the NFL. And he's a change of pace guy. So they, they've got it all over the field offensively. And for the Giants, boy, oh, boy, <laughs> you're in trouble. The Giants are in trouble Monday, okay? Because the, <laughs> Tampa – Tampa's on a mission right now, and they're going for broke, man. They, all their chips are in. All their chips are in. It's Super Bowl, meaning we just want to kind of dress in our own locker room and hang out in our own facility. It's Super Bowl or bust for them. And so They don't want to go anywhere come Super Bowl Sunday. They want to be right at home. I get it. And, and right now I think they look like they have the inside track to doing it. And it is the Giants they play this week. And the one thing I'll say for the Giants, they're not a very good team, but they they could easily have won three of the games they've lost. They could easily have beaten the Eagles. Sure. They could easily have beaten the Cowboys. They could easily have beaten the Bears. But the most important thing I think they will figure out this season is whether or not they have their quarterback. So I ask you what you're, what you're seeing on the tape with Daniel Jones and what you would want to see from him the rest of this season if you were in the position of evaluating whether or not long-term he's your answer? Yeah, you know what the problem is with that, okay, before I even answer it, is that they still can't put enough around him and keep enough around him to really determine whether or not he is the answer. Okay, so all those all of those investments they've made along the offensive line, it still isn't helping. They still can't run the ball. They still have issues with pass protection. And now Will Hernandez tests positive for COVID-19. They're isolating many of the other players along the offensive line. And look who they're going up against. They're going up against one of the heaviest blitzing teams in the NFL in Tampa Bay who has a defensive line and a front seven that is just monstrous. And they have probably the you know, what's going to be ultimately the defensive rookie of the year in Antoine Winfield Jr., who's one of the best blitzing safeties in the NFL. So if you're looking for answers this week, you're probably not going to get them. You're not going to get the answers you're looking for on a positive side because he's in for a long night. The number one thing I would say about Daniel Jones is this. If, you, if he doesn't stop turning the ball over, they're going to have to look for someone else. Mm. Because since the beginning of 2019, no one has turned the ball over more than him that is still playing quarterback in the NFL. The only guy who's turned the ball over more since the beginning of 2019, you know who that is? Mm. It's Jameis Winston. Oh. And he's not even playing, which speaks to the prolific record he's kind of you right. know put out there for himself, the fact that he hasn't even played this year, and he still has committed the most turnovers at quarterback other than Daniel Jones. That's the number one issue with him. He throws a beautiful deep ball. You know he's a great athlete. He's one of the best runners in the NFL, you know, not, you know, notwithstanding the incident he had against Philadelphia. <laughs> but so he, he's got a lot of skill, Greeny, but they still have failed offensively to really put a structure in place and have the kind of continuity in place that would really let you get a concrete uh, evaluation of him. And that's how bad teams kind of stay bad. And that's unfortunate. We'll see how they do. Again, it's a Monday night. They got a long break. They go from a Thursday all the way to the following Monday, so they get their shot against Brady and the Bucks. and you'll see it on ESPN's Monday Night Football. Lewis will be watching. Thank you, as always. I'll see you soon. My man, thank you. Thanks. Right. It's Lewis Riddick, always gr- terrific here. And Greeny is with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive celebrating eight years of donating cars to veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. I promised you that the guest list was stacked today, and it is a delight for me to welcome our next guest. Lewis just told you that he was a teammate when he first came into the NFL, and I see him on my screen. The one, the only, Joe Montana is with me on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. What a delight this is. Hello, Joe. How are you today? I'm doing great, Greeny. How about yourself? 
I'm doing terrific, and it's wonderful to have you. I'm thrilled that you could do this, and and I, there's so many different places that I could go with you, but let, let's start with the most obvious, which is that for much of my life, when people would ask the question, who's the greatest quarterback of all time, the answer in many people's mind would be Joe Montana. So as you watch what Tom Brady is doing right now at the age of 43 in Tampa, playing, at least the statistics say, as well as he ever has, what thoughts go through your mind watching him? I think it's great. It's great for us old guys to know <laughs> that the old guys are still hanging in there. <laughs> but, you know, obviously Tom's a great talent. And, and you, who, who would have – people ask me about what I thought was going to happen when he got to Tampa, and I said, well – I don't expect to see anything any different. I mean, look what they've done for him down there. They've given him some opportunity that he was looking for to have more say in what he's doing. He added that knucklehead right there to his team, <laughs> and, and he seems to be getting going right now. Uh, and, and the weapons around him are crazy. And and if you get if you get Gronk and him going again when they're in the red zone, which they they love to do, you know, in in you know the first couple of weeks people were questioning, but hey, it's hard to get used to. Uh, you know, new receivers, new quarterback, what is expected. And, and until it starts happening on the field and you start seeing it, and Tom has to teach it and what he's looking for to those guys. And so now look out, you know, I agree. I think they're, they're headed to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they, they look like the best team in the NFC right now. But I just wonder, as one who yourself, you did it at such a high level, and you did it for a long time. What does it take to do this at the age of 43? So few have ever played even close to that. For him to be still doing it at that at that age, how do you explain it? Well, I, I think part of it is is what's how the game is being played today. Mm. Um, obviously, they're – you can't get to the quarterback as often as you could, and you can't hit him. Um, and, and health is a big, big, big reason. I mean, look at Drew Brees. He's, he's gaining on, on that, that number. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers is gaining on that number, too. And I don't see them, either one of those guys, either retiring also. And uh, I think it's great that they can continue to play. Uh, I wish I had, didn't have the things that I had going on and, and was able to play longer than I had played. But, hey, we all do. We all have that feeling. I think once you retire, you're always looking back, going, "Why did I? Why did I do that? Why did I stop so early? <laughs> I could have kept going for a little bit." But um, I think a lot of it's easy. He's been staying healthy. Uh, he's got. Uh, he gets the ball out of his hand. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And you know, he's a great, great, great player. And what do you? Who? I don't know what other people were thinking, but I didn't. You know, look at the numbers that offense put up last year. And and you talk about and you I, and I was just heard the end of that conversation and and Jameis you know you know one of the things until Jerry Rice and John Taylor came along it, it, Bill wasn't a deep ball thrower and t- because the one thing he said that the further you throw the ball down the field the better chance of something bad to happen and the, and you watch how long uh, Jameis held the ball for for so long and let it fly down the field you can only do that so many times. Um, yeah, it's hard to cover guys for that length of time, but it's also hard to block for that long a period of time. So, um, you know, but they still put up ridiculous numbers and who would expect that not to be somewhat similar with Tom coming down there. Greeny and the great Joe Montana with me. And when you said that, I literally, I just put away the notes I had of all the things I was going to talk to you about. And I figured, let's just talk about your career because that's going to be more fun. Um, Let's talk about that. When you think back to that, maybe the most legendary stories about you come from Super Bowls. What is your, if someone were to ask you to remember the one moment that stands out most for you from your four Super Bowl championships, which is the Mm -hmm. one that stands out the most? 
Well, probably throwing the touchdown pass uh, to John Taylor uh, to win that the Super Bowl there at the end. And, and part of that was, you know, the game was up and down and it was close, but probably more important was the guy on the other sideline, Sam Weich, mm-hmm. who was my first quarterback coach when I came in, came to the 49ers. So it was like beating your, your best friend. Mm-hmm. And um, there was uh, nothing like it. And, you know, till the day he passed away, we remained great friends. And, um, you know, as a quarterback, you can't ask for anything else. Better than that, the way to end the season is to throw a touchdown pass to win the Super Bowl. They all have different meanings. Yeah. But to be honest with you, yeah. they all were a little bit different. And um, I learned my lesson not to blow out teams anymore because they take you out of a game <laughs> before you want out. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be tough. <laughs> Joe Montana with us <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Uh, the, the John Taylor touchdown, which beat Cincinnati in that incredibly close Super Bowl. The legendary story from that is that when that drive began and you drove the whole team down the field, you pointed to John Candy in the stands, the, the, the very, very funny, very famous actor of the day is no longer with us, for those in our audience who may not know who Jake, John Candy was. Uh, you pointed to John Candy in the stands in order to calm down your teammates. Is, is that an accurate story? I've heard that story told a trillion times. I've never had a chance to ask you. Yeah, well, it was, really wasn't meant as that. I don't, you know, I was just being myself. I was, the thing I always tried to do, whether you're winning, you're losing, um, early in the game, late in the game, I always tried to be me. And and Harris Barton, one of our off- starting offensive tackles, was a people person. And so during the week, we're free for dinner. And so Harris could not wait to come back the next day or in the meetings later that night to tell you what celebrity he saw hmm. um, while he was out. So, you know, TV timeouts in the Super Bowl forever. So I was just standing there. And between two shoulders, there was John Candy. And I didn't remember <laughs> Harris saying that he had seen John Candy. So I walked over and said, hey, H, hey man, there's John Candy. <laughs> and he looked over and he looked at me and he, stand, he stands perfectly still like this the whole time, no matter what. And he looked over and then he started mumbling some stuff about the Super Bowl and we're trying to win and you're looking at John Candy and, uh, you know, <laughs> he was mumbling things. And I think he appreciates it more today than he did back then. But, uh, yeah, I was just trying to not so much calm down. Just I was just being myself. I love that story. Joe Montana with us here for an, another moment. You know, something else you said that struck me when, when you, you were talking about Brady playing as long as he did and you said, oh, sometimes you think, why didn't I go on a little longer? Looking back on it now. What do you miss the most? When you miss being a football player, what specifically is it you miss the most? Well, I think there's two major parts of it. One is just the camaraderie that you have with the guys, whether it's in the locker room, on the field, the ups and downs that you go through. But just to be honest with you, there's nothing like the excitement of being a quarterback in the NFL on a Sunday afternoon. And, and I wish people could go out and play one game win or lose just to feel that excitement and so that they understand when guys try to play for as long as they possibly can and you hear all, so many times saying, wow he should just retire he's old enough to retire he should be out of there it it, it it gets in your blood and there's nothing and it's a it's a disease almost and when you leave you 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 leave and you're you quit cold turkey there's no there's no pickup games in out in the your front yard with your friends because but most of you can't run 10 yards after you get out of there. So, I mean, and that's, and, and those are the things you miss. I mean, the, the, just the fun and the competitiveness in the game, um, just 
just drove me crazy. Just it gets the adrenaline going now. Even so. The great Joe Montana is here in part because Guinness has announced an iconic partnership with Notre Dame. Guinness becoming a proud partner and official beer of Notre Dame Fighting Irish alumni and fans. And the iconic face bringing that together is the greatest player ever in Notre Dame history. And that's a pretty big list. The great Joe Montana. Tell us about uh, this uh, this program, Joe. Yeah, they've signed a a long-term agreement with uh, Notre Dame alumni and fans about being their official beer and I actually fell in love with Guinness in Dublin. I was over there looking for jumping horses that, believe it or not, they were cheaper to buy over there and ship back than they were <laughs> to buy in the United States for our daughters and, and my wife who were jumping. And uh, one of the trainers took me to the pub and said, we're going to get a Guinness. And he walked up there and he came back and he didn't have the beer. And I go, Charlie, where's the beer? Where's the Guinness? Well, you got to wait for it. I go, what are you talking about? And then got, went through the explanation and, Sure enough, after that first sip, I was hooked. And every day after that, I kept saying, Charlie, it's about lunchtime. I think it's time to go to the pub and get, a, get another pint. So, I, I, you know, my love for Guinness and love for Notre Dame, for Notre Dame since I was, I can uh, remember seeing them the first time on TV. Back then, they were every Saturday and every Sunday. And so the partnership, they came to me about it. And little did they know about my love for Guinness at the time. And um, they just made sense to get together. Terrific. Joe Montana, I could do this forever. Thank you so much for the time today. Good luck with everything. Stay healthy, and let's do it again soon. Thank you. All right, you take care. Good talking to you, Green. You too. Have a good one. You stay safe. All right, you too. The great Joe Montana. Wow, that's... You know, every I have talked to him many times, and, and obviously uh, Mike Golick was a Notre Dame uh, uh, hero as well, and so we would, uh, we would talk to Joe about Notre Dame all the time and, and stuff like that, but there's still a thrill that you get out of talking to someone like that. And I, of all of the stories... Uh, of the great lore. My, the John Candy story is one of my absolute favorite stories, and to hear him tell it personally was fun for me. I hope that was fun for you. A lot more to do. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny with you, coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17 on a rainy day in New York City. And delighted that you are here with me, someone who knows me well, sent me a text after that conversation with Joe Montana and says, Greeny, sounded like you geeked out a little bit there on Montana. And I did, just a little bit. I will admit to having done so just a little bit. Every once in a while, the little kid in me who can't believe I get to have this life comes out. And I I had a whole list. I'll tell you the whole story because why not? We've got the time. We're just sitting here talking, you and me. So Cliff, who does a terrific job on our show, put together a list of topics that I might bring up with Montana. We knew we were having him on the show, and it was a very good list, and I go through it, and I pick out the things that I'm most interested in talking about, and I had that actually as a piece of paper that I was holding in my hand. And I asked him the first one. The first one was about Brady. And then he starts, he just, his answer references Jameis Winston, who Lewis had just mentioned a moment before, and he starts talking about something Bill Walsh said to him probably in 1979 or something like that. And I literally just put the piece of paper. I said, I'm done with this. I'm just talking to Joe Montana like the kid who grew up watching Joe Montana. And every once in a while, that still is in there. And yes, I've been doing this a long time. And it certainly isn't the first time I've talked to him. And and I've talked to many others who were childhood heroes of mine. But every once in a while, I I do take a little step back and think to myself, wow, of all the millions of kids who grew up the same time I did who would have given anything, this gets to be my life. I, I, I still can't believe it sometimes. And, and, you know, when you're sitting there talking about Joe Montana, about the Super Bowl in January of 1989, I remember where I was sitting when I watched it. Um, it's still thrilling. I hope, I hope that never goes away. And I hope it comes through. I, I hope you can love me, you can hate me, you can think my jokes aren't funny, whatever. I, I hope it never feels when you listen to me like I've stopped loving this stuff. You know, that, that's the one thing I promise you. If I ever stop loving it, I will stop doing it. All right, let's get back to the football of the moment here um, because there's good stuff to talk about. Uh, there is this a news from New England is bad. So I just got through, just got through telling you that I believe the Patriots are going to beat Buffalo. I'm not ready to close the book on Belichick even for a season. And literally two minutes later, I get a note that Julian Edelman had to have some sort of surgery and is going to be out for some period of time, most certainly will not play against Buffalo Sunday, and it's going to be longer than that. That's obviously terrible. He's obviously a very, not only is he an important part of what they're trying to do, but it's not as though they have a lot of weapons to turn to. They're so limited in that regard. So that really hurts. I'm still going to pick them. I still, I just can't imagine that they're just going to be playing out the string. Maybe because I just don't remember what it looks like. The last time Bill Belichick was coaching a team that was playing out the string was the year 2000. I, I can't picture it. I just don't know what, I just don't, I can't get my head to a place where I, that's going to happen. And if they lose on Sunday, they're done. It's over. If they lose on Sunday, they are functionally three and a half games behind Buffalo in the division. They're buried. And there's too many good teams in the AFC to really realistically think about a wild card. There's three teams going to make it out of the AFC North. So that only leaves one wild card spot. So between Indianapolis and Tennessee and, well, I mean, we'll see. 
Miami, I don't think Miami, let's see what Tua is. I don't think you can count on getting a wild card out of the AFC East this year is what I'm trying to tell you. So let's see what winds up happening. I'm still picking them to win. I'm going down with that ship. I'm sure I'll wind up being wrong. Lord knows I usually am. Okay, um, I want to play you something because at some point, you just start feeling sorry for a guy. I don't know Mike McCarthy well. I've met him. Um, He's been on a couple of shows I've done back when he was the coach of the Packers. I I don't have a, a good feel for him one way or the other. Obviously, this season has been an unbridled disaster in Dallas, some of which is probably his fault and much of which isn't. One part of it that obviously isn't is the fact that his quarterback got hurt and now his backup quarterback is hurt. So we know that Dak is down and is out for the season. Andy Dalton on the cheap shot hit by Bostic last Sunday has the concussion. We all know about the protocol there. I think the expectation is he will not play Sunday night in a huge game. It is a huge game against the Eagles. And McCarthy was asked if it makes it harder to prepare for the game with Ben DiNucci as his quarterback. And as you will hear, he starts to laugh. And then no one in the room is laughing with him. And he becomes uncomfortable thinking, wait a minute, was that a serious question? And, 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 and listening to this, I actually felt sorry for him. This is Mike McCarthy. Is it harder? Yeah. I mean, was I, was I not supposed to laugh at that? I mean, I mean it's, it's kind of hard to tell with your mask on, so I, I don't know if you're serious. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit harder to, to, to prepare with a, with a, you know, a first-year quarterback you know, than, than Andy, yes. In that moment, I actually felt sorry for him. I, I don't know what else to say. He came in to Dallas. The task was simple. The previous coach couldn't get us to the Super Bowl. Everyone in the world tells us, particularly the man who owns the team and signs the checks, that we are a Super Bowl roster, mostly because he assembled it. And the coach got fired, even though he's practically a son to the owner, because he just couldn't win the Super Bowl. And this so obviously is a Super Bowl team. That's the narrative. That's what Mike McCarthy walked into. It's like putting your head in the mouth of a lion. And it starts badly. And it keeps getting worse. And then the quarterback gets hurt. And now you stink. And there's anonymous quotes coming out of the locker room. And everything else. And at some point, someone is asking you if it's harder to try and win games with Ben DiNucci at quarterback. And you're laughing. And no one seems to understand why it's funny. At that point, I actually felt sorry for Mike McCarthy. And it should be pointed out, I'm not going to tell you that Ben DiNucci himself is surprised to be playing in an NFL game, but he has a LinkedIn page, and it was sent to me by Hembo. And here's how he describes himself. Ben DiNucci, student athlete at James Madison University. I am currently a senior communications major with a minor in general business at James Madison University. Along with being a student, I'm also a member of the varsity football team where I have acquired critical time management and leadership skills that will transfer to the real world. So that doesn't sound, you know who I have a feeling didn't have that on his LinkedIn page or on any sort of place where he might be looking for a job? I just have a funny feeling Trevor Lawrence doesn't describe himself that way. I have a feeling Trevor Lawrence doesn't say to people, I happen to be a varsity athlete at Clemson University, and that has improved my time management because he has an idea in his mind of where he's going to be next year. So I think this is something of a surprise for Ben DiNucci as well. 
I, I feel I, look. It's very hard to feel sorry for the Cowboys if you're not a fan of theirs because you know it, it's like it's like feeling sorry for the Yankees if you're not a fan of theirs. I mean, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. We all understand, but it's it's gotten so bad so fast. It's impossible to believe. If if you're Mike McCarthy, you have to. It has to be impossible to believe where this thing has gone and how quickly it got there. You can be a part of Greenie Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Much more to do, including this. Up next, my essay yesterday made a lot of people upset. It really wasn't meant to. I will explain exactly what I meant Coming up next, right here, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny with you as we continue here a very busy and fun Thursday. If you missed Joe Montana earlier in this hour or any of the other fun that we have here, I'll remind you that this show is a podcast every single day. Hashtag Greeny is the name of the show and it's available anywhere you get your podcasts. Take each of the hours, make it into its own little podcast They do a really nice job with it. Again, Joe Montana was with me at the very beginning of this hour. Hashtag Greeny, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. And thank you to everyone who has sent me Tom Brady's resume. (laughs) So I just mentioned that Ben DiNucci has a resume in which he lists his uh, opportunity to be on the varsity football team at James Madison as contributing to him having good uh, time management, clock management, and that he thought that would contribute to his career. Now he's the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And I joked that Trevor Lawrence probably doesn't have anything like that. Well, and thank you to everyone who sent it to me. Tom Brady did. He himself posted it. Then he went back and found a resume he put together when he was a senior at Michigan, talking about an internship he had at Merrill Lynch and in a number of other things. That's what happens when you're the 199th pick in the draft, which is what Brady was. And Ben DiNucci, who, again, was not one who expected probably or certainly knew it was a realistic possibility he wouldn't have an NFL career. My commentary was certainly not meant to denigrate DiNucci. Good for him. It was meant more to point out how quickly things have gone into complete disaster mode for Mike McCarthy. Meanwhile, yesterday I got some people upset with me because of an essay I did on television in which I juxtaposed where Tom Brady is right this minute versus where Bill Belichick is right this minute and wondered aloud if you wanted to make an argument that this says it was Brady more than Bill all along, you could. I want to make it very clear. My position on the Brady versus Bill thing has not and will not ever change. 
Tom Brady could never have been Tom Brady without Belichick, and Bill Belichick would not be what he is today without Brady. I believe both of those firmly. If you had given Bill Belichick Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, he would have won at least one championship, but he would have won fewer than six. And if you had given Tom Brady, if he had been coached by anyone else over the course of time, he might have won a championship, but definitely fewer than six. What these two guys did together is the kind of thing that happens in sports two or three times a century. So the, 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 to me, to try and pick one over the other is foolhardy. But I know people like to do it. And so it did seem worth pointing out just how much the Patriots seem to miss Brady and just how valuable he is in Tampa. One year ago today, the Patriots were 7-0. and They had actually at that point won 12 straight games, including a Super Bowl. And they were looking very much on track to being a champion again. A year later, they're two and four. They've scored 12 points or fewer in three straight games, something they never did even twice in a row when Brady was their quarterback. And their touchdowns with this array of weapons that Brady got to 12 and four last year, their quarterbacks are three touchdowns and 11 picks. Brady, let me go back to the notes so I don't leave anything out. His season, as good as you think it is, it's been better. He has better numbers, completion percentage, passer rating, better when targeting wide receivers this year than he did in 2007. That was the year the team went 16-0 and and he had Randy Moss and Wes Welker and they basically rewrote the record books. His numbers right now are better. Tom Brady has thrown up... Uh, well, here, here, here's, here's the other ones that I wanted to get to. He's thrown 17 touchdowns from a clean pocket this year. No other quarterback has more than 12. No quarterback has thrown more touchdowns into a tight window this season than Brady. He's 18 touchdowns and four picks on the season. He didn't have a preseason and had a truncated offseason. Some days he's probably still learning guys' names. And look what he's doing. So I think the idea that Brady, that part of the reason the Patriots started to flag, here's what I do think is fair. To say it was Brady more than Bill all along at this point, I do not think is fair. But to say that I think Brady covered up for a lot of weaknesses is fair. And to say that they got by a lot of times based on Brady taking less money than he could have demanded and making a lot of other people look better than they probably were, is fair and reasonable. Because I definitely believe at this point that one of the reasons Brady wanted to leave is that he looked around him and he said, even I can't win with this collection of players. And that is on Bill. Those are his players. You watch DK Metcalf chase down Buda Baker the other day? Have you watched DK Metcalf play football this year? Do you know the Patriots drafted a receiver ahead of him? Named Nikhil Harry? I mean, you let, that's the team they put together. Look at the drafts. I understand they've had a lot of people opt out this year. But by and large, just look at the talent up and down. Now, they won the Super Bowl a year and a half ago. So obviously it worked. But it is reasonable to wonder how much of that was Brady overcoming what was really not a great roster. Back in the day, 16-0. and Moss, Welker, of course. Those are great teams. But the last couple of years, it started to fall apart from a talent standpoint. Maybe Brady held it together longer than it otherwise would have. Because what we're seeing in Tampa right now, he hasn't lost a thing. Tom Brady is playing as well as he ever has. 
And the Patriots are one loss away from being out of it before Halloween. This has been a great day. I'm so glad you spent this time with me again. It'll be a podcast later today. I'll see you tomorrow morning and then back here, same time, same place. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.